Oh, I, I need to check to make sure I have the system sounds off on this machine. This, this will never air. Since it's brand new. Brand new! Alright. Yeah, apparently, um, if you... Well, let's see here. I had uh, my desktop... Um, was running the same Windows 7 install from 2010, I think. <laughs> and uh, I got one of those. Yeah, the the reason that was the case is because uh, it was uh, licensed from an MSDN account, uh, which had uh, since been uh, shut down. So mm. the the license was no longer valid, but the ins in the installation itself was still active and genuine. And but but five years old. Oh yeah. So it was sentient at this point. Sure. Yeah, it, it was uh, feeling logy. <laughs> but uh, it, I mean, it was stable. It was just kind of slow. It was very crufty. Um, and but I uh, I upgraded the hard drive to a two terabyte drive uh, six months ago or something, and I still had the old drive sitting around. Um. And I upgraded to Windows 10 pretty much as soon as I could. And uh, somebody gave me basically a complete computer minus the hard drive. So I thought to myself, well, let's see if I can still use uh, this Windows 7 install. And so I plug it in. It's god-awful slow. And, uh, and I'm thinking, well, I don't actually need anything on this drive. Let's see if I can install Windows 10 on it. <laughs> and apparently they don't actually record the uh the licenses that you upgrade from. So I now have No, they upgraded everyone, even the uh pirated copies. Well, apparently so, even though I I'd seen stories saying that the uh the whole upgrade updating pirated copies was not actually something they were going to do. Hmm. So I yeah. still haven't done it yet because it's it's just such a nightmare. Yeah. Well, I, I find that um, the um, or the the new or the updated machines will run just as poorly as they did before the update. But mm -hmm. uh, I've now done clean installs on three machines, and they're all uh, a lot faster than they used to be. So. Yeah, I bought I bought an SSD like a year ago, and it's just <laughs> been sitting in my case doing nothing because I was waiting for Windows 10, and then I couldn't quite figure out the incantation to get it installed on a new drive rather than updating the one you have. Um, yeah, I want to kind of keep the Windows 7 the way it is and then install 10 and then just sort of make sure everything's cool before I switch over. Yeah. Um, hmm. Hmm. Do you have a way of cloning the, the old drive onto the new one? No, the old one is 250 gigs larger. Uh, you could... Uh, hmm. There yeah. should be some, some sort of tool that you can use to select what sorts of things it moves over. You know, I've done migration tools like that, and it mm -hmm. never works good. Well, the the thing is, it doesn't need to work all that well. Even if, um, uh, even if it runs really crappily after you do the migration, uh, you then install it it's going to be a long process and kind of a pain in the butt but you you do the uh, upgrade to windows 10 and then you just completely wipe it out and uh, do a clean install from a, a usb drive or something 
Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I ended up. So that's why I haven't done anything yet. <laughs> yeah. I ended up uh, at, er, creating a, another partition in empty space on the on the OneDrive, moving all of my data over, and then doing the, the clean install and moving everything back. And then, you know, wiping out that partition and expanding the, the main one. Are you guys primarily Windows users that you would go to this sort of trouble? Or like, what are you, what, what are you doing with Windows that, that these sorts of acrobatics are? <laughs> I currently have a Mac that I got for free. Oh, okay. Well, I, I suppose that's not true. There are two Macs in this room, but um, I the most uh, most current Mac that I have is a first generation uh, Mac Mini that came from the factory with a Core Solo. <laughs> it currently has a Core Two Duo in it, but mm. yeah, a Core Two Duo or just a Core Duo? Nope, Core Two Duo. The oh. Core Duo, oddly enough, uh, I, I don't think there were any processors that would work. Yeah, that was a terrible. Uh, that was a terrible time to be buying Intel processors. Yeah, yeah. I had the uh, the first gen MacBook, uh, and I I got it. I, I think three months before the uh, Core 2 Duo models came out. Yeah, the same thing happened to me, except with a Dell laptop. I had a, a Core Duo, and I was like, oh, that's nice. Now, <laughs> I should have gotten the Pentium 4. <laughs> uh, the P4M. <sighs> my, my Windows machine is basically a gaming machine, but I've got like five years of cruft and data that I'm just kind of carrying along with me like old furniture yeah i can yeah i've I've been there and my data is safe and everything but like i don't want to have to audit you know that's what i'm trying to avoid mm-hmm. well yeah that's that's a multi-day process if you're going to go through everything yeah multi-week if you have tons and you want to like deduplicate everything and get it all organized yeah i i sold my uh my macbook to uh, Gwen's cousin, what was that? Two, three years ago, and I, I still, up until uh, last week, had a directory with a bunch of data from that computer on my hard drive <laughs> that I, I never looked at. It's like, yeah, I'm just gonna get rid of that. It, it's like the, the cardboard box uh, method of getting rid of items. Yeah, just put a date stamp on the, on the folder file name and mm-hmm. just delete it after six months. <laughs> well, I just chuck it along with me because, you know, data's cheap, right? Yeah. Or storage yeah. is cheap. Uh-huh. That's yeah. true. When you find some interesting stuff, if you, if you paw through really old things, I have some backup DVDs from like the early 2000s that I haven't looked at in forever and they haven't succumbed to disc rot yet. And there's some stuff on there I completely forgotten about that I did in, in college. That's a big yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's coming. <laughs> I I prefer not to look through that because then I find text files with embarrassing things in them. <laughs> My stepdad's finding out about disc rot now. Mm. He went through a lot of trouble to um burn a bunch of movies that he recorded off of the TiVo Ooh. and like make nice labels and he's got all the boxes, and, you know, it's all nice on the bookshelves and then he's pulling them out and there's disc rots. Oh, and he's really upset. Who would have known that that was the thing at the time? Like when I burned a CD or a DVD, I felt like this is immutable. Like this is going to be forever as long as, you know, it doesn't get scratched. And I remember the first time it happened to me. 
because I had a DVD and I, I took wouldn't play in anything I had. And it was weird because, you know, sometimes something scratched and one drive might be more sensitive than another. But I look, I you know, held it up to the light. You could see little pinholes coming through. It's the worst. I had a, um, this was a, a press CD, but uh, it was uh, a Mighty Mighty Boss Tones album that fell out of my uh, disc man onto the gravel driveway at my dad's house. And I found it the next day after it had been run over twice. And uh, it all worked except for the, the last song, which played at uh, double speed. <laughs> so, you know, it, actual manufactured CDs are a little bit more robust than I gave them credit for. But Unless you leave it in a hot car yeah. and then the plastic separates. Mm-hmm. Well. That ever happened to you? No, but I also don't live in California. Ah, right. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I always kind of, uh, distrusted recordable optical media anyway. Well, and I certainly do now, but at the time it seemed like a pretty miraculous sort of thing when all you had were floppy disks or like mm-hmm. zip disks or super, what was it? Super drive. There was some weird thing that had the same form factor as a floppy disk, but yeah, the, uh, co- the emission super drive, which yeah. is 120 megs. Yeah, and mm. my uh, my father in law worked for uh, Emation, hmm. and I had um, who made it? It wasn't iOmega. Um, it was a it's called Spark S P A R Q, which was a um, uh. it was basically a, a hard drive with uh, removable platters, and really unreliable. Sounds like it, but it it was one gig. Spark, the SciQuest Spark yeah, Drive. SciQuest, yeah. Mm. Parallel port. There were a lot of cues in technology company names back then, weren't there? Yeah. It was the early 2000s equivalent of the dropped E, or mm-hmm. the dropped vowel these days. But you know it's quality. It's got a Q and no U. <laughs> yeah, it ends with a Q. Yeah. Oh, God, you can still buy cartridges. I can't believe there's a single one of those drives that's still operational. I went through three of them in like three months. Here's one new in box. Oh, man. There's probably some legacy system in like in a hospital or some manufacturing place that's just been (laughs) running nonstop since 2002 and nobody's deigned to turn it off or touch it yet. And they just got to keep it going. Yeah. Well, that is some excellent packaging. (laughs) Yeah, and, you know, the uh, the external drives had the pass-through so you could still connect your printer. It was beautiful. It's just amazing how much hardware that I used to carry around. So those aren't exactly small, either. They're probably no. twice the size of a uh, zip drive. Yeah. I like the first CD-ROM drive I ever had. <laughs> One X. I had like a disc caddy. You had to put the yeah. disc in the caddy yeah. and insert and uh Yep. I had a three X, which was oh, weird. Expensive. Yeah. Saved up a lot of allowances for that so I could play seventh guest. <laughs> oh man, seventh guest. Yeah. Which I never beat. I don't think anybody ever beat that. Yeah. I wish there were more uh puzzle games like that. Yeah. But not like Mist. I hated Mist. Me too. Oh, freaking Mist. 
I wanted to like it so much. Yeah, me too. And then, oh, it's pixel hunting. Nah. <laughs> and I, I probably progressed about 20 minutes in. You know, what, what they would have figured was 20 minutes. And couldn't get any farther because I, I don't know if there was something wrong with my install or what the deal was. I clicked everywhere. You just run run the cursor around the screen until it changes. I don't, I don't actually remember the uh, cursor changing on mine. But, I mean, it, that was a long time ago, too. But, yeah, my uh, my mom got um, one of those uh, it, Creative Labs uh, multimedia kits. It came in a big box. Had the uh, CD drive and speakers and uh, Microsoft Encarta. Which was amazing. <laughs> right? <laughs> Could never answer that. a single question I had. The source of every every report in school from fifth grade to tenth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sign up for your time on the library computer so you can research mm. trees or whatever your report's on. And yeah, I, Unless you knew how to get around at ease. Yeah. Oh, I haven't thought about at ease in years. That was a good time. Worst. (laughs) All you all you needed was Microsoft Word, and you could just open up a file that would get you into the desktop or the Finder. Hmm. At ease. I don't remember if I ever actually used that. I think every Mac in a school I was in had it from (laughs) fifth grade to, I mean, through my senior year of high school. I think. I don't know. It, it's possible that uh, I use this on one of my dad's work machines. So it does look somewhat familiar. Hmm. Yeah, it, it was kind of weird. I, I was exposed to uh, uh, most of my uh, experience with Macs was computers that my dad brought home for work. Um, the first of which was, well, we had a, a Mac SE actually at home, but um, I think the, the first Mac he ever brought home, uh, from work was, uh, the portable played Temple of Ra on that thing a lot. Big old lead acid battery that ejected from it. <laughs> <laughs> I had a Commodore 64 <clears throat> when I was a kid. I think I had something like that. I don't, I was too young to even remember what it was specifically. I just remember setting it up on our kitchen table and connecting it to our, black and white TV and writing, copying line for line, character for character, some program out of a book that was supposed to make a ball bounce around the screen and it never worked. (laughs) And I think we sold it in a garage sale to somebody who didn't really know what he was buying and said, well, if I can't make it work, it'll be a good boat anchor. (laughs) (laughs) My friend had a um, Zenith uh, Z88 that he ran a BBS on. And, uh, he, uh, he actually used the machine as a doorstop for a while. Um, but the, it was called the, the BBS was 8088 and, um, the, the welcome message was, uh, 8088, the BBS that's as good as a boat anchor. (laughs) Some correlation between old hardware and boat anchors. Mm -hmm. Now I want to find out what this, I think it was a Vic. Vic twenty, that's what it was. Vic twenty. Yeah. Ah, what a beast! Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could uh, really hurt somebody with one of those. Yeah. 
had a bunch of games on cassette tapes. Yeah, we we had some system that used tapes, uh, but I don't think we had it for very long. Might have been a ColecoVision. It's very weird. Mm-hmm. And then we got a Mac, and then we had Macs, and I had hand-me-down Macs until I got my first PC in college. And, I mean, Macs weren't great, really, but uh, mm-hmm. hand-me-down Macs were even worse. <laughs> well, they still are, so not much has changed in uh, in that area. That's true. Although the laptops have always seemed to be better compared to other laptops than the desktops. Yeah, especially if you get more than the stock amount of memory or, or disk space. They have a lot of life in them. The, the best computer I've ever owned was a an 11-inch Air that I sold when I switched jobs. I, I still prefer that to the, uh, the 13-inch PowerBook or MacBook I have now. Yes, even when I hated Macs, I still liked my PowerBook. PowerBook, wow. Thinking about old computers, PowerBooks. With a little ball. Mm-hmm. A little yeah. track ball. And, Who was it? Somebody recently released or talked about releasing, I think it was IBM, where they were going to release a laptop that had modern specs, but the case, the case and all the packaging was going to be a throwback to their early 90s i think it was a thinkpad type thing and of course apple would never do this but i would love to see them release something that had the the older style like the gray the dark charcoal gray material and the the rainbow colored logo the apple upside down on the back of the monitor yeah yeah that always bugged me i I remember seeing a site uh it, it was somebody's personal site where he took his um i think it was a pismo took it apart uh, and used a, a hole saw to cut out the, the apple and then made a, a little metal ring and glued it in so it was right way up. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I like this guy. Corrective case mods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't be doing that to your logo. I mean, really, what were they thinking? Well, it's a conundrum, right? You don't want it to look upside down when you've got it in front of you and you're looking at it. Mm-hmm. So who are you trying to impress? Yourself or everyone else? Everyone else. Right. Yeah. Otherwise, why even have the logo? Yeah. It's got to be a look what I have type thing. <laughs> Brands. <laughs> oh. One of these days I'm going to have to figure out how to uh, get this room quieter. It's not that bad. Yeah. There's a little hum. Yeah. I mean, there there's quite a difference in my headphones when I uh, when I hit my switch. Sounds better than Jim Dalrymple's room. Mm. I wouldn't know anymore. Mm. Mm. I wouldn't know at all. Mm. Yeah, usually when I was uh, uh, when I used to listen to Amplified, if I was listening to it, it was in a noisy environment anyway. Yeah, so, you know, listening to it in my car, or, uh, in the warehouse, or something. Which I, I mean, really, it's how I listen to pretty much everything that. Seems like a show that I would like, but I it's something about maybe Jim himself that I just am not driving with. Do you mean Dale Rimple Report or uh, Amplified? Uh Amplified. Yeah. I I used to listen to Amplified for the music half. And then the music half turned into the music quarter. 
and then just kind of disappeared for a while. Mm. Yeah. And turned turned into Jim being unreasonable about most things. <laughs> that must have been I, when I tried it. I never really listened to Amplified, and I am currently subscribed to the Dalrymple Report, but it's definitely not on the, the priority section of, of Overcast. For me, there's some, something... To me, it always sounds like Jim's got something he would rather be doing, uh, you know, which is a shame. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And when I was listening to Amplified, it it always sounded like he was present, but uh, he definitely had an agenda he was pushing. And uh, basically, he he acted like his was the only use case. Yeah. So, you know, it... He he spent probably five or six hours laughing at uh, people who were saying that Apple should have a bigger phone, and I I haven't listened to uh, any of the episodes since long before the uh, six plus was released, but I'm sure there was a lot of backpedaling involved. Huh. It was interesting to hear the the shows around the time uh, Apple Music came out and he came out pretty hard against it and then they you know someone from apple invited him in and he spent some time in there and he came out and they they edited an episode and he put up a post saying oh it turns out i was wrong i misunderstood everything it just seems seems weird yeah i told myself i wasn't going to do any any merlin quotes on this but i gotta ask is <laughs> is, is this is this the show uh yeah yeah it's been the show for about half an hour now Okay. I wish I had not uh, taken that phone call about 20 minutes ago. Then. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I can I'll edit that in post. All right. Thanks. Also, uh, oh, yeah. Hey, look at that. There's uh, an image Nick sent, like, what, 15 minutes ago? Yeah, back when we were talking about the lovely packaging. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not actually looking at that machine. I just uh, happened to glance over <laughs> and saw that there was a badge. <laughs> Like, You're turning into red. Dan. What? Well, uh, mm, okay. How do I kick you off here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think I started turning into Dan when I got the uh, when I got the interface in the first place. So let's see here. One, two, three, four. All those holes in the thing, you got to plug something into them. That's right. Yeah, there. I mean, there's a reason I have four computers plugged into the. Uh, into the thing in various methods. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Has this uh, topics list been edited at all? Pruned. Um, Pruned. Yeah. Possibly. Let's see here. Mm. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that we haven't. How did Yoohoo get back in there? Yeah. See, that's. Uh... I think I deleted that one myself. Hmm. Uh, Mike was wrong. Because we had like two straight episodes where someone was reading the ingredients of a yuho. Yeah. She sort of tapped that out. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. I, I mean, that's somewhat understandable since the person on the second episode hadn't heard the uh, the previous episode. Yeah. I don't think we need to talk about grape salad again. Mm. Seeing as nobody knows what it is. That does not sound like a real thing to me. That sounds like something made in a moment of desperation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the New York Post claims that uh, that's a Minnesota thing, which none of the Minnesotans I know 
I uh, had ever heard of. It's like uh, s- steamed hams. Mm-hmm. It's more of a Utica expression. <laughs> you steam a fine ham, Seymour. <laughs> the Aurora Borealis. <laughs> Localized in your kitchen? Yes. Yeah, th- this is definitely not up to date. How do you uh, how do you feel about um, the new Bob and David show? I um, haven't seen any of it actually. No, me neither. Um, I haven't seen any of the original, so I don't have any uh, any ooh. context to to judge the new one by. Uh, well, it's really weird. Okay, go on. <laughs> uh, I think that's about as descriptive as I can get on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's a I, I was. Show. Yeah, it's definitely a sketch show. Um, I have liked Bob Odenkirk in everything that I've seen him in. Um, I still have a few episodes left to go on Better Call Saul, but uh, uh, just just seeing him live a few times and seeing him in that has got my interest peaked. Um, especially given how excited people seem to be that uh, with Bob and David is coming up, so I really should invest some time to. Oh yeah, highly recommend. Mister Show is one of my favorite shows of all time. Let's see if this that's something that's binge bingeable, mm-hmm. short order. I'm not sure if it's on uh, the HBO section of Amazon streaming though, which is kind of a bummer. Oh, I was gonna log in and check, but I don't. Um, I I have one of the um, I guess child accounts on Amazon Prime, so I I share Gwen's. Prime subscription, so I don't get the streaming. Well, there's many episodes on YouTube. Mm-hmm. There are also many episodes on DVDs on my shelf. Mm. Yeah, I, I ripped the first few seasons, mm-hmm. so I have them in Plex now. If you like uh, Bob Odenkirk by himself, you'll probably like Mr. Show. Do you have any opinions about David Cross? Um, I like him. Um, I've read more interviews with him than I have seen, you know, shows or, or movies or anything like that. And he always seems really agitated about something, but the thing that he's agitated about seems to differ from interview to interview. So I can't tell if he, they're just getting him at the wrong time or if that's just his thing. I don't think it would be unfair to say that's his thing. Mm. Yeah. He's like somewhere between, uh, Lewis Black and Bill Hicks. <laughs> See that that does not sound like a great combination on its own, but I guess if it's if it's moderated with the seeming unflappability of 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 Bob, then that could work. Oh, it's definitely not unflappable on Mister Show. Mm. <laughs> well, you see, he's generally the straight man, mm-hmm. and the uh, doing horrible regional accents and impressions <laughs> man. <laughs> There comes a point when a bad accent becomes something magnificent on its own. Oh, yeah, it's the, fantastic. The less, the less connected it is to the region it's trying to, you know, evoke some, in some contexts, the better it gets. Yeah, Bob's is so bad that it's good. <laughs> well, there's only 30 episodes. I can, I can Senator make Senator Tankerbell. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. But it's a very... Uh, 90s minded sort of show you know when things were good and we had time to complain about things that were more trivial Mm. before Jack Black was uh, horribly overexposed Mm. 
I don't mind Jack Black. Maybe I just haven't been exposed to him enough. There's something charming to me about his his energy. His exu- he's excited about anything and everything, and I like that. Yeah, I, I agree. I I like him in some things, uh, but I I think there are a lot of things he does where he's just being too much Jack Black. Yeah, yeah. But like I I enjoyed um uh the pick of destiny. Mhm. Mm-hmm. What else is on this topics list? The storage temperature of various food items. <laughs> <laughs> That's one for Don Schaffner. Hmm. Mhm. He had an episode, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Food. It always comes back to food. Yeah. Hey, look at that. Number 16, Don Schaffner. Yeah. There you go. But I, I've heard uh, he refuses to do any podcasts ever. So He was on the Dan Benjamin something, wasn't he? Well, he also has his own. SCTV? Didn't, didn't see it. Missed it. <laughs> I know that's been betraying my Canadian heritage, but... <laughs> yeah, well, forget it, Jake. It's Polynesian town. Yeah, I, I don't remember who was talking about it, but um, they they were saying a lot, uh, the reason a lot of people don't like it is that it's mostly uh, comedy for comedians. So there are a lot of things that just aren't funny to the general public. Yeah, and I, th- I can't remember if it was on WTF or The Nerdist, but um, it was a really good interview with Rick Moranis where they were asking him about his time on SCTV and it sounds like a lot of the show was just riffing just making I think, things yeah, up I think it was the Nerdist because there was a, a series of since that episode of Rec Diffs I've been watching SCTV like all day mm-hmm. and there was several videos that were interviews with and then um, you know cut to clips right oh man the uh, I, I'm looking at the Wikipedia entry right now and um, they they list uh, the various impersonations that uh, the various actors did, um, and they're they're pretty extensive, uh, except for Harold Ramis, who must have only been on one episode. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, this is a huge list. Mm-hmm. Oh, Bobby Bittman. <sighs> Yeah, I get the feeling if I if I showed SCTV to uh, any of the the people that I I know, they'd probably just. Uh, I I guess I don't know what they would do, but they might not hang out with me much anymore. <laughs> they, they would not ask to see more. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was ahead of its time a little bit. I get that impression too, just from having heard people who were on it talk about it and people who watched it and revered it. Uh, discussing it as well, and I can definitely understand, given the the period of time that it was on, that was still sort of that uh, appointment viewing, and you know there weren't a ton of channels, so if you watched TV, chances are good that's probably what you were going to watch. So everyone sort of got the the same experience. Mm-hmm. I think it would have done better in the '90s when people were a little happier. There wasn't a whole lot of good comedy, and and you know. Or good times in the 80s. Yeah. No. It's like Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor, and that's about it. Yeah. I I grew up on this stuff um, 
I don't know if my parents taped it off TV or if they um, if they got tapes and and dubbed them. But um, watched uh, had a whole bunch of uh, tapes of SCTV, and we had the uh, Great White North uh, <laughs> album <laughs> with the liner notes. Not the Happy Wanderers. Nope, nope, didn't have anything with the uh, the Happy Wanderers. But the um, one of the tracks on the uh, the Great White North was uh, called "You Are Our Guest," and there was a script that uh, that was on the um, what? God, what's the the paper sleeve inside the the jacket for for vinyl liner nets? Is is that liner nets? Or it might have been printed on the on the jacket itself, but there there was a script for you to read along, and mm. uh, it's like four or five minutes long, and and at the end uh, you end up storming out, and it, it includes the uh, the footsteps and the door slamming and everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, stage directions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I missed I missed all of this all this. Canadian comedy and all these things that I, you know, I hear people mention with, uh, with great affection and I feel guilty because I feel like I, sh- I should be more aware of it, especially given, uh, you know, I kind of grew up while a lot of this stuff was in its, uh, in its prime, but I just, maybe I just had a, <laughs> a really sheltered childhood. A lot of things I caught in syndication. So like in the nineties, comedy central didn't have a whole lot of programming. Oh, so yeah. there was like, um, you know, they had Mystery Science Theater 3000 and not a whole lot else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they had in syndication, they had uh, SCTV and uh, Almost Live, which was a, a local um, sketch show from Seattle. Hmm. I don't I don't know if I remember that one. That's yeah, where uh, Bill Nye was on it. Hmm. Oh, wow. It ran for a long time, too. 15 years. Yeah. It was kind of like, you know, the local thing that was on before Saturday Night Live after the news. Oh, and it was on King, King 5. That was a channel that we got for sure. So I would have been able to watch this. And again, I did not. <laughs> Joel McHale. Yeah, see, it, there's there's somebody in this picture that uh, in the thumbnail looks like Dan Castellaneta. But it, uh... John Keister. Okay. Well, at least he's got a funny name. Right? <laughs> he was the host. And I remember being a kid being like, wow, this guy's a host of a, of a TV show, and his last name is Ass. <laughs> That's cool. And he's, like, bald. So, you know. Mm-hmm. <sighs> he also kind of looks like Jonathan Katz. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I miss Dr. Katz. Cindy. <laughs> All right, so uh, you didn't see SCTV. How about Kids in the Hall? Oh, yeah. Okay. That I definitely saw. All right. Yeah. yeah. I <sighs> saw the show, saw them live, had my, my head crushed. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, I think I think that was in the late 90s. When they, they were doing their first sort of reunion tour. And uh, I think they they started here in Vancouver, and that was my my first experience ever going to see a, a comedy show live, and it set the bar pretty high. Yeah, I bet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they were 
flubbing lines and thing, things weren't going well and n- nobody in the audience cared. We were, everyone was just, just so happy to see those guys on, on stage again. <laughs> you had a similar experience, Mr. Show Live, where it didn't matter. It was just they were there and it was, you know, it was probably more nostalgia than humor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there there are a lot of um uh a lot of lines that Gwen and I like to quote from the shows and uh brain candy and nobody ever gets them. And they're all really inappropriate. I really like that show, but I really did not like that movie. <laughs> I was so excited. I can understand that. The kids in the hall movie. This will be great. Mm-hmm. I think I've seen the middle like 45 minutes of that. I haven't seen the starting of the end. Hmm. I was almost, I, I almost said what color are his socks and you wouldn't have gotten that. I, I would not have. It was just more disappointment, you know, like this was the best they could come up with. I mean, like these guys were funny, right? Like couldn't, couldn't you do something better? The stakes are so much higher though. When you, you know, when it's a film, you know, you can't just say, well, the tonight sucks, but, you know, we'll do better tomorrow night. You gotta, you have to make it great. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you figure though, like if you're that popular, you know, at some point you start squirreling stuff away from the show in case you get a movie. Yeah, yeah, the really, the really good bits. I feel like an executive who would want to, you know, put a, a movie version of a show like that up would want to have a pretty tight grip on on its direction. And say, well, you know, fans aren't going to want to just see a two-hour version of an episode. But I think that's exactly what fans would want to see. Well, I don't need to see. That's what they did with the Simpsons movie. I've got, I've got two words for you, Lorne Michaels. Yeah, Mm. he can ruin anything. Well, he has made some some good things. Yeah, he has. The anxiety and pressure that he applies to the people who work for him, and I guess in some cases have formed diamonds, but I haven't, you know, n- nobody sounds really happy about their audition experience. Uh, and when they're off the show, it seems like one, they can't, they can't talk about Lorne Michaels without doing an impersonation, mm-hmm. Lorne Michaels. And two, they always, people seem to be very circumspect about about what they say. I'm pretty sure that he owns their souls somehow. I mean, yeah. it, just look at how long Tim Meadows was on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> He's the ladies' man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cavossier. I got my Cavossier. Yeah, it, mm, there are just so many of his movies that aren't, aren't any good. And the, the corollary with that is... Um, that Mike Myers can make a good first movie, which is not to say that all of his first movies are good, but he can make a good first movie. He cannot make a good second movie. I mean, I'm with you on the Wayne's world too. That was not a good movie, mm-hmm. but I think, uh, you know, each of the Austin powers movies has their charm. Mm. I like the first one, you know, with the, proviso that i can't stand will ferrell um the, oh, i thought the so second good. one was awful and the second shrek was no good all of the austin powers movies have been ruined for me because so many people i know will 
quote from those movies mm. all all the time. Yeah, that's no good. Yeah, and it's become it's yeah, it's become the opposite of, of Pavlov's dog. Just like <laughs> you know, your mouth just dries up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I thought the first Austin Powers movie was fun, but the the second one was just terrible, and I I wasn't about to see the third one. Yeah, see, I I hear him in interviews, and he just sounds so like passionate, and he just really wants to do good work. But looking at his IMDb page, there's a lot of Shrek spinoff mm-hmm. material here. I do think we have Austin Powers. And the uh, franchise to thank for the wonderful video game, No One Lives Forever. Oh, I love that game. They're, well, both of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, those are the first one, especially <laughs> one of my one of my favorite games ever. Was it the uh, the second one that had the the big Scottish guy? Uh, sidekick? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love at the very end. <laughs> Don't tease me, woman. It stings. Oh, wow. I've never heard of this, but it looks great. Oh, I love it. Oh, so Fantastic. good. Oh, no. Oh, God, no. Magnus Armstrong. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm looking at Mike Myers' IMDb page. Oh, no. Guess what's at the very top? Oh, yeah. Number four. Uh, what? Yeah. Oh, no. What am going, I, back what am to, I... going back to the well. Yeah. Hey, it's dry and just full of polio, but they're going back to it. <laughs> Donkey's Christmas Shrektacular. Mm-hmm. The Love Guru. Oh, that was so bad. When I was working for Lush Cosmetics in 2008, uh, some executive involved with the Love Guru approached us to do some sort of a, a promotion, and we had to make a decision between uh, making our big campaign for the the season either being that or uh, a documentary about shark finning. Mm. And I, we opted for shark finning, and mm. in retrospect, I'm I'm glad that we did because yeah, yeah good choice, it, very yeah. good choice. Not a lot going on in in the Love Guru that would strengthen any brand. Brand. Mm. Brands. Come on, Mike. You can do better than Austin Powers Ford. Take that. <laughs> take that money and do some weird indie art art thing. Just get like a crew of ten people and a couple cameras and just go somewhere and go crazy. That's what I want to see. Well, then he's uh, going to turn into Adam Sandler. Uh, well, and then, and then he's still going to do Austin Powers Four. That's the worst possible world. That's the worst timeline. Yeah, I like to plan it for the worst case. <sighs> I don't know. I I still love Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore. Oh, I like those. I like those too. Um, especially Happy Madison was great for uh taking like recording samples out of and then replacing background audio for Lynx Pro on a, on our on our Mac so that you know one out of every 10 ambient bird chirps would be the guy in the background who yells jackass <laughs> <laughs> um so you know jackass. I have a lot of affection for that stuff too yeah uh I have a lot of affe- of affection for those movies too but that was a long time ago I don't know if he can just keep making this. Well, obviously he can just keep making the same movie with the same people 
mm-hmm. over and over. But there's got to be a point where the returns have diminished to the point where nobody's going to distribute it anymore. Well, have you seen the uh, the theory about how Adam Sandler is actually one of the um, one of the guys from the producers anyway? Except mm-hmm. that it actually worked. No, I, I I did type Adam Sandler theory into Google, and the first auto suggested result is uh, Adam Sandler Big Bang Theory, and I think I need <sighs> to lie down now. Oh, oh no! <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm. I'm I'm sorry. What what is this theory again? Uh, I need to I need to look it up, but it was basically um, that he keeps making bad movies. And uh, they're just ways to get uh, him and his friends paychecks. Okay. Because um, no one else will hire Norm MacDonald. Yeah, you know, I like Norm MacDonald more than Will Ferrell. I feel like there's there's space there to do a deep dive on your Will Ferrell thing. Because I, I don't have a strong opinion about him one way or the other. But there's an edge to your voice when you mention his name. I would like to know more. Well, he's awful, and he's everywhere. <laughs> That's pretty much all there is to it. I mean, I feel you on the everywhere part, and there's been a, you know, he's so everywhere that there's terrible movies like Ricky Bobby and Step Brothers, but also he was awesome as Mugatu. Zoolander is one of the funniest movies of all time. Agreed. Strongly agreed. It's got Ben Stiller and Will Ferrell. Yes, that's why it's so funny. No, that's all you need. No, that is all I don't need. Wow. I definitely do not need that. Well, I'll tell you, when I go to the theater the next summer and I have to choose between Austin Powers 4 and Zoolander 2, I know who's getting my $12. I think that might Netflix. be a false dichotomy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, that goes to another month of Hulu, I think. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I'm that I'm you're right. That's a lie. I would I would never go to a theater to see a movie. <laughs> Unless it was like Mad Max or The Martian or some some like like Syracuse was saying on the latest rectifs. There are certain things that are worth seeing in in theater and pretty much yeah. everything else I'll just wait till I can get it on video. Mm-hmm. Zoolander 2 is not something I'm going to go to the theater for. <laughs> Why does this say screener all over it? <laughs> yeah. We we watch most of our movies once a year when the uh, the SAG and the Academy movies come in, but we'll we're going. We already bought tickets for Star Wars, so I'm a sucker. Yeah, I I might buy tickets for Star Wars. I'm not sure. I got burned so badly by Episode One, which was so <laughs> long ago that I'm I just I don't know if I can do it. Like every every indicator I've seen so far shows that it's going to be pretty spectacular, but episode one was so bad I had to see it four or five times to convince myself that there was really no merit in it and I'm just I'm gun shy I'm I'm worried yeah uh, Matt and Jason were both saying uh, pretty much exactly the same thing in the last episode I'm not worried I think uh, I don't know it couldn't get any worse right well you say that like seriously seriously how could it get any worse than Jar Jar Binks midi-chlorians and like an hour of pod racing i have two words for you lauren Uh. michaels (laughs) it's probably a little late for him to sign on though 
Um, I thought you were going to say lens flare. <laughs> I was not. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't have that much of a, a connection to the franchise. And I was already fairly desensitized when I saw the uh, theatrical re-release of, um, what was it, New Hope? Saw the first one that they re-released with the the new CGI. Mm. Greedo shooting first. Mm-hmm. Greedo shooting first. The um, six foot tall Jabba. Oh yeah. It's like this makes no sense. Why is he so small? And he's not. Well, that was before he started vaping. Mm. <laughs> I I wasn't particularly invested in the franchise growing up either but there was just so much excitement around episode one in the months before it came out you know i was working in uh a, a convenient at a, at a gas station and convenience store at the time and everything in the store had the star wars logo on it and it just felt so good to uh, let myself get swept up in that that zeitgeist and say yes i'm gonna stand in line uh, i'm gonna hang out with these people who have their lightsaber toys and we're going to see it at 12.01, you know, the, the day that it comes out. And I can't let that happen again. I just don't, I just got burned so badly. I, I'm sure it's going to be great, but I need someone else to, to lead the charge on that. I know plenty of people who are going to go and see it, you know, who've already got their tickets and who are going to see it and, mm-hmm. you know. Well, that's why I avoided the uh, Indiana Jones movie that shall not be named. For so long, mm-hmm. because I was like, I I see all the signs that this is going to be terrible. Lo and behold, so terrible. Mm. Uh. We're, we're we're all silently thinking about the <laughs> swinging from the vines. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> I was oh thinking about God. the refrigerator, but oh no, not that! Oh, <laughs> God. The, the the fridge, I could, oh. I was w- willing to give that a pass for some reason. I'm not, I'm sure I could figure it out, but yeah. How about the magnetic gunpowder? Can you give that a pass? I don't, I don't remember that. That was at the very beginning. Oh, well, I need to find something that's really magnetic. Here, give me some bullets. What? Oh. Okay, that doesn't sound good. Yeah, yeah. the uh, The South Park episode kind of captured my my feelings for that pretty well. I don't know if you guys saw that. No. I did not. It's been a long time since I've seen South Park. Mm. I'm not boycotting it or anything, but you know, I just haven't watched it. Yeah. Uh, well, I would recommend watching it because it might uh, be a little cathartic. <laughs> well. I've heard rumors or, you know, seen people speculating anyway that there is going to be a fifth. So we'll see if Lucas keeps himself out of that one. Yeah, because that one didn't even get sold to Disney, did it? I'm not sure. That's a Lucas Spielberg joint venture. Yeah. But both of those guys really lost it. I'm not sure if I've seen any Spielberg stuff in a long time. Yeah, what has he done recently? Let's see here. Oh. Okay. War Horse. <laughs> Tintin. Tintin was good. I could get behind the adventures of Tintin. Ready Player One? Uh, I haven't read that. 
So nor have I. Don't have a strong feeling about the movie. There's Indiana Jones five. Yeah. So um Oh no, and it says announced. Yeah, the at least um uh that one we were talking about before. Uh Austin Powers four is just listed as rumored. Yeah. Um but according to Wikipedia, which as we know is never wrong, uh Disney uh did acquire Indiana Jones. Oh. All right, good. Well, Maybe there will be some taste involved. Maybe not. Depends on if they uh, try to actually get the beef in it. The beef. <laughs> What's your name mean? Oh, it's French for the beef. The beef. <laughs> this is when the show segues into a morning zoo type mm. situation. With Indiana Jones and the beef. <laughs> <sighs> It's like the douche on uh, Parks and Rec. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nick Kroll is Nick Kroll is another one of those guys that I I normally can't stand unless he's not being himself. I haven't really seen him in anything else. Yeah, uh, I've seen him in uh, guest appearances and um, like I I caught part of his one of his comedy specials I think. So mm. yeah, Parks and and Rex is one of those shows that I, I caught it right when the second to last season was ending. So I was able to sort of binge watch everything up to being prepared for the last season. And then, you know, being able to enjoy the last season as it came out. Mm-hmm. But, uh, There's nothing better than that. Yeah. Did that with Breaking Bad, too. Uh, well, seasons one through three. Anyway, so that's that's a great way to watch a show if it's really good because then you can, you know. Yeah, get get used to the world, figure out what's at stake, and then enjoy the last little bit. Yeah, well, it it it's really good up until the point that you run out of episodes and you have to wait a week. Oh, I that, hate that. That kind of waiting is is it's excruciating, but there's something delicious about it because you know, I mean, you can especially if you're watching it with a bunch of other people that like trying to guess what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. Then you can speculate and and try to guess, especially for something that's. As high on drama as uh, as you know, Breaking Bad. I don't I don't know if there was a ton of you know edge of the seat. What's going to happen next with with Parks and Rex? But yeah, not so much. Mm-hmm. I do I do miss that show. Yeah. Well, I I remember uh, seeing uh, gifts of Ron Swanson everywhere and thinking, <laughs> why would anybody like this guy? He seems really obnoxious. And then I I started watching the show. It's like holy crap. He's the the best ever. Mm-hmm, mm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Bring me all of the eggs that you have. <laughs> I was just gonna say he and I have similar feelings about bacon <laughs> and, and breakfast, breakfast foods. Food. Oh, so good. I like breakfast foods and pretty dark haired women. <laughs> I'll have the number eighteen, sir. That that feeds five people. I, I know, know what, what I'm, I'm about, about, son. son. <laughs> <laughs> we saw him live. Uh, in in town a couple of months ago, he was do- on tour with his his wife, mm-hmm. uh, whose name I can't remember right now. Megan, Megan Mullally. Mullally. Yeah. Yes, uh, and she she fell ill, um, and wasn't able to make the show, uh, so he had to carry it on his own for about an hour, an hour and a half, and he pulled it off. It was just him <laughs> and a guitar, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it was an amazing experience. I think in part because she wasn't there, because most of the show was dedicated to him 
expressing just how deeply in love they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it was it was a lot of fun to see that 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 impish side of him come out because he's so yeah. stone faced and, and and Parks and Rec. Yeah, they they seem like such a fantastic couple. Yeah, yeah. She's she's so freaking hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hashtag goals. <laughs> Thanks for listening. This and other episodes can be found at thiswillneverair.com. You can find us on Twitter. The show is Never Air Podcast. AQ is A. Quinton. Nick is Wonder Yak. And I'm Princess Harold. <laughs> <laughs>